baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Think about where we were four years ago right now, about a month away from the world totally changing with the COVID pandemic, the onset of the COVID pandemic. And here we are four years removed from that. And I heard a headline earlier this week saying that the CDC is possibly going to make a major revision in COVID guidance, meaning basically nearly eliminating the isolation period if somebody tests positive for COVID, unless they have a fever. And I, you think about that time and that space and now how it's changed, it's almost hard to believe. But that's exactly what's happening. We thought we better get a guest on this, and we uh, always get a good one when we talk to Dr. Gregory Poland uh, from the Mayo Clinic, who joins us now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker, Coldwell Banker Hotline. Dr. Pullman, are you surprised that this is being considered uh, by the CDC, or is this is this time? Is this just a natural progression of how we deal with, with a virus like this? Yeah, I think, Adam, one thing that is true, uh, and you started out with, is we don't yet know what this guidance will look like, right? We're kind of hearing rumors, so, so that's an important point. The, the second one is that to the extent that changes will be made, my guess is that they'll try to bring them in line with the same guidelines that we have for influenza or RSV and other respiratory viruses. But, you know, they're not even going to post these uh, presumed changes until probably early April or so and allow ample time for experts to comment on them, for the public to comment on them. And then uh, if they're going to issue any new guidance, probably would be mid-April at the earliest. That's a good point because this is based on a report that the Washington Post has about at least it's being discussed, but that's a great point in that. Until that time where the CDC says it, it shouldn't be viewed as a, whoa, they, you know, well, they're going to change it, so we, we don't need to really follow the old methods, follow the old rules. So exactly. at this Right, so right. at this point, if somebody's dealing with COVID, what is the best advice for that person? So the current advice is if they're infected with COVID, they are indeed in isolation for five days. And then they don't come out of that isolation until they're fever-free, without medications, and ideally have tested negative. So those are the current guidelines, and those are the guidelines I would encourage people to follow until we hear anything differently. And Perhaps even most importantly, and I think people don't realize this, while the numbers are fluctuating, we're still in the midst of a uh, resurgent cycle of a variant called JN1. In fact, uh, uh, I just checked on the recent numbers, about 20,000 Americans a week are sick enough with COVID to, to end up being in the hospital, and about 1,500 to 2,000 a week are dying of COVID. So it is certainly not too late 
to get the reformulated monovalent XBB booster. It is effective, not perfectly, but it is effective against symptomatic uh, COVID infection. So that's, that's the main uh, protective thing that we can do for ourselves and one another. Uh, going back to this report, and again, uh, you, you as you've mentioned, it probably wouldn't be until April until we hear something from the CDC, but uh, Americans who would test positive for COVID could reportedly stop isolating, potentially return to work and other activities once their fever ends for at least 24 hours and symptoms are milder improving. Just on that point, because I've had COVID twice, and both times I did not experience a fever. So how prevalent is fever as a symptom of COVID? Yeah, that's a good point, Adam, because the, the, between the number of vaccines and the amount of infection that's occurred, and that's sort of the, the foundation for why even think about a potential change, is that population levels of immunity are pretty high. And so you start seeing a drop-off of some of the symptoms we saw with the original variants. Some people don't have much of any fever um, they don't have red, runny eyes. They may not have cough. In fact, one of the things that as, as you do more testing, and certainly we do in research settings that you find out is there are people who are infected who are asymptomatic. They don't have any symptoms that they're aware of, and yet they're still potentially infectious. So fever is one of them, but you know the rumors about this uh, new policy is that they would be fever-free for 24 hours without the aid of medications and have mild or no symptoms. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. What is the connection? I think this goes for a lot of different viruses, but what is the connection between experiencing symptoms and level of contagion? Yeah, certainly, you know, if you're coughing, if you have a fever, uh, that, that suggests that you have a greater viral burden and a greater opportunity to spread it. So these are respiratory-borne viruses. If I'm coughing and ha- sneezing and hacking away, I'm more likely to spread that virus out into the environment, whether it's high or low level. But when you're symptomatic, you tend to have higher levels. When you're asymptomatic, you're not coughing, you're not sneezing, you have a low viral titer and are therefore proportionately less likely to transmit it. I've uh, got a couple of text questions coming in. Dr. Poland, can I ask you a couple questions from our yeah, listeners? Yeah. Now we're talking to sure. Dr. Gregory Poland from the Mayo Clinic. And this is one about uh, immunity. How, is there a definite answer on how long immunity lasts once you've had COVID? I wish there was. <laughs> and it really depends on age, medical condition, uh, whether you have hybrid immunity, whether you have just vaccine-induced immunity or infection-induced immunity. Generally speaking, what you can say and be pretty safe about it is that if you've gotten a vaccine, if you've gotten infected, you are reasonably uh, well protected against COVID for somewhere in the two to three month time period. 
Now, the problem is, and the reason I can't give you, you know, what you'd love is a straightforward, you know, you're safe for three months. Right. Answer is that the variants keep changing. So you could be immune or have good immunity against one viral variant, have that mutate into another variant and get sick again. Good example is uh, the XBB formula for the vaccine was chosen in June. Just a few months later in September, we started seeing a new variant, 1% to 2% of the cases called JN1. Today, it's essentially all the cases. All of the illnesses that are happening now are JN1, and they are happening in people who have previously been vaccinated, previously been infected, and that immunity wears off with time. And what immunity we do have can be evaded by or overcome by a different viral variant, and hence the need to continue to get uh, boosters or vaccinations. Another question for you. This is a personal one. I've had COVID twice. The first one, first time was pretty rough. Second one was like uh, just a pretty severe cold. Uh, is there evidence that suggests like the more times you have it, the the lesser uh, effects you have, the lesser the the difficulty of it is? That's a great question, Adam, and the answer is no, not necessarily <laughs> so, primarily because, you, you know, you are generally um, protected for three-plus months after having gotten infected, maybe as long as four or five months, and then along comes a new variant, and that new variant can have different symptoms and cause a different uh, severity of illness in an individual. The other thing that seems to be clear is that the risk for long COVID and COVID complications may actually increase with each episode of COVID infection. That's frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people don't realize this. They they think, you know, a little bit like flu. Well, if I got the flu um, last week, I, I'm good for this season. And, and again, that's not necessarily true. But with COVID, it's even a, a more nuanced, complex situation. Uh, last question for you, and that, again, we, the reason we talk to you is because, you know, at least reporting suggests that the CDC will change the guidelines here. And you know this, doctor, uh, that people will look at this and say, well, why the heck did we have to go through all that separation and all the lockdowns uh, if this now, if they've revised this? Uh, what is your answer to that with people who clearly have been frustrated by uh, the measures that we t- undertook back in you know, 2020 and 2021? Yeah, I I think the big difference now versus then is that there was not high levels of population immunity. You know, the fact of the matter is, I'll just use myself as an example. I finally had my first episode of COVID in October. Um, I had gotten all the vaccines, et cetera. It was really pretty mild. But if I had gotten as an, as an older male, who's blood group A, if I had gotten COVID in the beginning, likely I would have had a pretty rough course. So the difference is that we were taking measures to protect a highly vulnerable, immunologically naive population four years ago. And that's not the same context or situation today. Dr. Poland, we always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much for the time today and uh, uh, hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Adam. Be well. Dr. Gregory Poland, vaccination expert from the Mayo Clinic. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 